Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And welcome again to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. We are a tech company called JSL Solutions, and we do these podcasts usually every week or so. We really like helping churches, and and we mean that sincerely. We've been involved in church work, Steve and I, for many, many, many years in leadership capacity and and tech areas, tech-related things. And and so we we kind of do this podcast not only with tech-related things, but also uh, we talk about topics that can help churches. Right. Leadership things, other things. Yep. Yeah, leadership, uh, help volunteers. Uh, we're real big on those kind of things. So thanks for spending a little bit of time with us today. And uh, uh, we're going to get into, uh, we have a, a guest today, and we're going to talk about three reasons your church needs a communication person. And the man we're talking about today, or talking to today, is is Ryan uh, Hulk, or Hulk, I guess, is the, is the right way to say it. I always want to say Hulk, but are you built like the Hulk? Uh, no, unfortunately, no. Okay, well, that's all right. So Ryan Hoke is, is our guy. Ryan is actually a uh, graphic designer. Uh, he's got a history of, of uh, leading worship, worship pastor, communications director, uh, been involved in web development, uh, communications coach, marketing. Uh, he, he really loves, he, you fit in real well here, Ryan, because you really, I know you really love to help churches and help them develop strategies and even in the areas of websites. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Very much you so. You can have some some opportunities. You actually do provide some online training as well, right? Uh, yeah, I do some online stuff uh, through my blog, uh, tutorials and uh, short video type of training opportunities. Yeah, ways just to really you know get resources into the hands of churches. And you've been doing this a while since what two thousand three or so? Uh, two thousand. Uh, 13, I went out on my own, but started, yeah, doing communications related stuff about 2003. Yeah. So this topic today is near and dear to me because I actually do a little part-time gig uh, with a church here in in, in Tucson. And uh, I've been working with churches for many years, as Steve has. And communication to me is a, such a huge issue. It doesn't matter what size you are (laughs) as a church. It, It can be a real just a, it's a big deal. It's a very important thing. I think there's a proverb somewhere in the scriptures that says effective communication permits progress. Mm-hmm. That's probably my version, but uh, <laughs> I tend to make things up. But uh, so uh, you you make a statement here, uh, and and by the way, there's an article that that I'm kind of taking off of here. Uh, three reasons your church needs a communication person. One of the statements you make is a is good church communication doesn't just happen. Can you? Elaborate a little bit on that. Yeah, um, you know there there seems to be this sense um, in in the church that we just kind of fall into to communications that if we share it, people are going to come um, and kind of that field of dreams, Kevin Costner kind of feeling. Um, and the really interesting thing for me is that um, really as uh, communication has transitioned, especially more digital. Um, I'm finding more and more that it just doesn't magically happen, that we've got to really be super strategic about how we address it, how we connect with people, 
Um, people's biz lives are so busy and they're getting increasingly so that if we aren't really strategic about what we're saying, what we're doing, um, you know, it, it just isn't connecting at a heart level for people. That makes sense. I was, um, I, I was thinking about, uh, there was, uh, a, a church, I'm not sure exactly where they're located that put together their communications strategy doc or, uh, document with regard to kind of the rules and and I'd never read anything like that that a church had put together um, mm. talked about um, we are going to use these colors we are going to use these fonts we are going to use it was it was a really a very strategic way of yep. ensuring that their communications were consistent and you know, on purpose, and I was really impressed that uh, that the, this church had put this together, and then they were actually sharing it with other churches as well. I assume there'd be something you might recommend, or no? Uh, you know what? It actually is something that I recommend um, for churches that I help with a branding package. Um, it's something that I I really like to include. Not every church feels quite as strongly about the need for it, uh, but it is something that really helps. I call it, it's really a style guide or a branding right. guide. Um, and really it helps to just get everyone on the same page because without fail, there is that, um, that volunteer or even sometimes staff member who, you know, means well, but drops the logo in and squishes it to 75% of the height or, you know, 125% of the width or, you know, and so things just, can, can look like there wasn't someone really as the gatekeeper and over, you know, overseeing the quality for quality control's sake. So I, having guides like that, you know, it doesn't solve every problem, but what it does for you is just gets everybody on the same page. Mm-hmm. Consistency. Yeah. All right. So in your article here, you said that uh, you need someone, somebody, someone, some person, some human to collect information. Yep. So you're talking about specifically like designating somebody here, right? You know what? I, it's exactly what I'm talking about. Um, because I find that it really, oftentimes it falls on the hands of whoever is historically like the admin who's overseeing the bulletin or something like that. Uh, but really it just means that someone's got to be that person that at the end of the day is where the buck stops. Um, And so that they, someone knows it is my job every week to make sure that I've connected with the ministry leaders or the key volunteers or who sets up a system to actually help them collect it, like using forms, you know, with WooFu or uh, Google Forms or something to help them get the information from people. Um, I'm amazed at there's oftentimes this sense among church staff that we all know what each other are working on. Um, and it, you know, it, it's a well-meaning thought, but it's just not the reality. I don't know every detail in the youth ministry. I don't know every detail in men's and women's ministries. Um, so it, having someone who is designated as the person who's going to actually sit and collect this information, or at least make sure it's all brought together in a central location, makes a huge difference. Does this need to be a, a paid staff, or could this be accomplished through a volunteer? Or what, what, what do you think about that? Uh, you know what? I think it can actually go 
can go either way. Uh, in my experience, it works better if it's a staff person only because they tend to be in meetings that oftentimes things get discussed and you go, oh, I didn't know that was coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, now I know eight weeks from now about something so that we can start making sure it gets into the appropriate communications, you know, in the next two to three weeks. Um, if you've got a really high level volunteer who is super engaged and has the time to do it, it can really work as a volunteer also. Right. But I just found that things tended to fall in the cracks. You know, I, it was not unusual for me to be sitting in a meeting on a Tuesday morning and go, oh, the bulletin goes to print tomorrow. And I didn't know that event is next week. It doesn't necessarily need to be, or does it, a, a full-time job, or is this just one of the jobs that one of the staff has as well? The, the, I would see this as one of the, the pieces that they just happen to oversee. Uh, the we I moved our church to a... Um, to a digital version where they submitted a, a request form to me of, you know, here's, here's an event that's coming and here's the type of, of promotions that we're going to want. And here's the dates. And so it was really an automated process, which got it to the point where all I had to do was check the spreadsheet one time a week. And I knew the information was there. And when I wanted to remind people of something, I could just say, hey, remember, it's uh, the first of the month. Can you make sure everything you've got coming up for the next four to six weeks you filled out the paperwork for? And here's the link again to where you find that form. So it just it helped to automate the process and save time. So, you know, I got it down to, you know, an hour's worth of project time a month rather than 15 emails to every department going back and forth and going, Oh, we're missing two pieces of information. Can you send me that info? Because I don't know every detail. And, you know, it just kind of helped to really streamline things. So having someone who's collecting that info just makes a huge difference. And obviously they need to be a detail oriented person, right? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Or at least they can fake it really well, but yeah, it definitely, (laughs) if, if they are detail oriented, um, someone who is, you know, a paperwork detail person, uh, I even utilized some of the admin staff to help, you know, make sure that some of this was done. They'd, they'd read through it and go, Hey, I think we're missing something. And they'd, you know, make sure we had that info before we sat down to actually, you know, write the, the bulletin announcement to, you know, post it on the website. So they're, they kind of ran, you know, alongside me to, to help keep it clean. All right. So, um, you mentioned, you mentioned bulletin, what's the, and we're talking about the, the three reasons you need a communication person. What's the scope of their job? Is it, Go ahead. What, what do you think? What is the scope? the scope of the communication person in general? You mean? Yeah. Are they putting the bulletin together? Are they doing the website? Are they sending newsletters? Are they? What is it? Is it all of those? Um, uh, all of the above yes. or none? It is. It is. <laughs> it's all of the above. Uh, so in the church setting that that I was in most recently, uh, it was all of those things. If if it was a print item of any kind, uh, with the exception of a few children's things and a few youth things, it came across my desk. Mm -hmm. Um, if it was part of social media 
it came across my desk because it was seen as an extension of the overall church communication platform. Uh, the website uh, design management fell under that role, uh, and so did uh, email strategy if it was church-wide type of things. Now, individual ministries manage their own, but things like uh, e-newsletters, we did a printed uh, newsletter that then transitioned in part to digital. So all of those things fell under that communications director, which is part of why uh, I really pushed to have a central collection system for the whole thing, because it just helps simplify that process. So videos and slides that are shown during the service, that sort of thing. Uh, in our setting, video, we actually had a video department because we did a lot of of custom video stuff, uh, but slides, the visuals for slides, I was in charge of. I didn't run the team uh, who did that. I know in a lot of church settings, people who I'm who I'm uh, connecting with, they also oversee that part of things. It was my role to make sure that whatever slides the volunteers had built looked good. So mm-hmm. you know, you would clean up things. You'd make sure it fit the graphics for, say, the sermon. Uh, sermon notes, those fell under the communication role. Oh, interesting. So uh, another point you make up here in this article, which I think is, is it's short, but it's really sweet. It's good. You know, three reasons your church needs a communication. We, we just talked about somebody's got to collect this information. But you also mentioned that you need somebody to function as quality control. Now, that, that doesn't sound like a churchy thing to me at all. Well, it really is not a churchy thing at all. It's but it has to do, it comes back to uh, what we were talking just a moment ago about uh, the branding style guidelines uh, as being a place where someone who says, hey, time out, I see your heart in this thing, but I feel like we aren't necessarily meeting up to the standards that we have set as a church, as an organization for how we are going to communicate. Um And then it also gave us the freedom to say, because we've set these standards, we want to make sure uh, this this is a explanation of our public face and who we are and how we are uh, being viewed by those outside. So let's make sure we continue to just be reminded of of what we've set as those standards. So uh, it also then allowed us to say, hey, uh, I think we missed something in that communication. Um, I'm amazed at how many times uh, we would get requests for things that would give all the information except like the time of the event (laughs) or, or, you know, it would be, it'd be everything, but the response that we wanted the person to take, it would be, you know, join us on Tuesday for da, 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 da. And then, but there wouldn't be like, where, you know, sure. what kind of response do you want from me? Am I supposed to register? What do I do about my kids? You know, there was, and so just having someone who said, Hey, from a quality control standpoint, we're kind of missing some things here. Um, it just helped to kind of bring everything into alignment. And it was amazing that the more it got implemented, then the more people could pick up something we had produced or see it in their feed on social media. And there wasn't a question about, is this from our church? Whose church is this from? Yeah. Because 
we had brought consistency. And the cool thing was that it actually ended up saving us time because we were able to build like uh, templates for things, design templates for things where I could say every time we do a newsletter, it's going to have these things. Every time we do a social media post, it's going to meet these requirements. Our bulletin is going to have these things in it. And it took a little bit in the setup, but it saved us time in the long run because we had, you know, created these quality control boundaries for us. I remember uh, uh, actually working at Steve's church. I no longer work there, but I remember we were promoting uh, summer at the movies and we, and the branding and everything we did, we had, you know, summer, don't miss summer, ATM. And uh, one time somebody said, hey, what's ATM? Automatic <laughs> teller machine? What, what, what are you guys doing? I was like, oh, that's right. ATM at the movies. So we all knew it, but newer people didn't. And yep. uh, anyhow, so. So um, there's another function here, and I, I assume it falls into this. There's got to be a gatekeeper, right? That says, yes, you're potluck luncheon is worthy of announcing for the whole church or sending out in our newsletter or not. Is that true? Or where's uh, the, you know, it, it is very true. Um, very much so. And I know something you guys have talked about is, uh, in the, in past podcasts is kind of having a percentage number of, you know, how many people in the room should stuff apply to. Right. Um, I have, I have gone by the number of 50 plus. I know a lot of other communicators like it to be somewhere in the 70 to 80% of the room category. Uh, but definitely having, uh, when you've got a person in this position uh, who is looking at the overall scope of what the church is doing and not just from a ministry a single ministry, they're able to kind of go, wow, we have too much information going out right now. There's eight things like take August, September, for example, in the church, because things are launching new, right. um, you know, everyone, every ministry rightly so wants their stuff in front of people. And the challenge is we go from summer where, you know, our promotions are usually fairly slim um, to all of a sudden in September, there's, you know, 50 new things that are launching in a six week period of time. Uh, and so having someone there who can just say, okay, so that ministry, only 10 people in the entire building are really going to be interested in that. We need to find a creative way to get the information to them without taking the entire room's time. Um, so yeah, definitely that gatekeeper, uh, helps tremendously, but also, you know, it's gotta be someone who has a lot of tact and, uh, can address some of those issues with ministry leaders, you know, in ways that, that don't make them feel like their ministry is the issue, right. you know, that it's, it's, Hey, we're trying to engage our people at a deeper level. We want the right people to come to your event. So let's put this information in front of the right people rather than throwing it to everyone and no one knows to listen. So somebody that's got some tax. In other words, you're saying I don't qualify for this, right? Well, <laughs> you know, if, if you see that in yourselves, then, then that's probably a pretty good indication. Actually, <laughs> I actually, th this was the part that really was always a challenge for me because I want to be my, my whole mindset as a communicator 
uh, and as a facilitator was, you know, I want to connect people, as many people to all these ministries. We got to get this information out. And uh, in my last setting, at least we were a we were a 2000 plus person, you know, in attendance on Sunday's church. And you could get overwhelmed in a heartbeat by the sheer volume. And so we just found people started stop listening when we overwhelmed them. Um, and so it took a lot of tact on our ha- our part to kind of say, let's get creative of how yeah. we're going to communicate this stuff. I would think some written policies would also come in handy too. Just kind of what you had said yep. that, you know, we have the 50% rule or the 70% rule and, and then, then it, it becomes much more easier for the for those that are getting rejected for the announcement to the whole church to to see that oh yeah this is only going to apply to maybe twenty percent of people right and go ahead sorry no, I was say the other thing about that really is that uh, when you take it from that approach um, what we had then was a list of here's alternatives right. so if you're not getting the uh, what our church affectionately called the A-level event uh, kind of package, you know, where you were everywhere, essentially. We had things we can say, okay, well, we can't do that, but here's options for you. So we weren't just shutting people down or telling ministries, no, we're not going to promote anything for you. It, you know, it caused us, forced us to be strategic about how we did promote their items. Yeah, that's good stuff. So uh, as we just continue here, we're moving towards the clock here. A communication person's got to be the one to collect information. Uh, that same communication person ideally should be the quality control person, right? Pretty much the yep. same person. And then also, we kind of started to touch on this. That person's also got to oversee the scheduling of communications. Uh, you say you need somebody to schedule communications. Now, uh, again, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, so what I found, and this was largely a trial and and error kind of thing was that, um, you know, people need to hear about an event multiple times. And statistically, the number is usually seven plus before they're, they've heard enough about it that they actually can make an informed response. And so what we found in our church, because we started tracking attendance, especially in the children's ministry department, is um, if we had a family in the building two times a month, that was they were regular attenders, and the majority of them were actually two at least kids were twice every six weeks. And so really fast we started realizing, wow, putting something in the bulletin two or three weeks and doing a verbal announcement from the pulpit or making sure it's on the the website two weeks before an event and it came up in social media a couple times. That's really not enough to help us get to that seven hits time. And so we had to start backing things off and going, okay, how do we get the, you know, a large number of people into that seven plus category? And the way we have to do that is we've got to really schedule things out, but we've got to schedule things in such a way that we don't stomp on other ministries because obviously there are things, you know, not everything happens the same week. So it's not. So we would sit with a calendar and kind of go in the next four weeks. Here's the here's the big things, right. you know. Each weekend, here's here's what that thing is. We've got to focus on, and here's the two or three sub items. So really, just having someone who can kind of look at the overall calendar and kind of say, "Hey, this week 
our email to the congregation has five things. That's going to be overkill. No one's going to read items three, four, and five. Mm. So let's think about what we could do as an alternative. How could we fit these in? And that really only happened when someone was sitting there looking you know, at a communications calendar. Very specific. All right. So we're just about out of time. We're talking to uh, Ryan Hoke here. And Ryan, you've got uh, maybe an offer or two for our uh, Church Solutions podcast listeners. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. So I work with churches to help them uh, use visual communications to attract more visitors and increase attendance. And so I do that in three ways, through uh, designing websites for them that are strategic in getting information out, uh, doing design and branding for their church, uh, for events, for sermon series, that type of thing. And then also I just sit and help them build strategies and do communications consulting. And one of the things that I do is offer 15-minute kind of pick-your-brain strategy sessions for churches to just kind of, hey, we're struggling in this area or we have this dream of doing this. What are the steps to get there? And we just kind of hash through in 15 minutes, okay, here's the goal and here's some ways to get there. And so I would love to offer that to your listeners that if you have a communications-related issue that you are trying to deal with or you're dreaming about and trying to just build some strategy on what's next, uh, there is a uh, form at my website. Uh, in fact, if you go to rad-ideas.com, uh, in the upper right-hand corner, there is a schedule a, a call button. And if you hit that, you can schedule a 15-minute call. And I will just sit down and go either through your website or through your strategy, and we can kind of put together the next steps for you. There's no cost for that. It's just an opportunity for me to kind of speak into your ministry uh, and help you get down the road with what you feel you've been called to do. Yeah, that's awesome. So the, the website is uh, rad-ideas.com. Yep. So- so Ryan uh, Hoke here is our man, and uh, just go to that website. There's other ways people can contact you, and you can see some of your material, and uh, that would be awesome. And uh, uh, we appreciate this. this. This is good information, and as I said at the very beginning of the podcast, communication, that's a big deal for me. I, I just see it all the time as, as an issue. So I think what you're doing here is awesome. Thank you. All right. Okay, Thank well, you. time is up. So, Ryan, thank you for spending a little bit of time with us. We'll have to ha- have you on again. if you're. Uh, that would be great. As long as we didn't make this experience too painful for you. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, the guy across the table from me is Steve Lacey. I'm Phil Thompson, and uh, this has been the Church Solutions Podcast. Catch us again next week for another edition. We hope you have a great day.